This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, now it's two minutes after two o'clock Central Africa time. Good morning to you. Welcome to the third and final hour of the Monday installment of Power Zone here on Power 98.7. Now we are talking. is standing in for colleague this morning. Of course, we're at 0861987000. That's the number to dial if you're wanting to engage with us on any conversation um, before the show comes to an end in about 58 minutes. Uh, and of course, on uh, X, we're at PowerFM987. I'm at Mnisingosi Corner. Remember to use the hashtag PowerZone. On Facebook, we're at PowerFM and uh, Power987.co.za from wherever in the world uh, you could be at at this present moment. 98.7 in Pretoria, Johannesburg, uh, Joburg, South West Rand, 103.6, 104.4 in Heng, East Rand, Ekurileni, 107.2, uh, Audio Channel 88. On the DSTV audio bouquet. So basically, what I've just done is uh, told you that we are everywhere. Thanks very much, my, uh, my friends, for joining us this morning. Let's get into this uh, conversation now. South Africa's long-awaited electric vehicles white paper uh, has been released with uh, Trade and Industry Minister Ibrahim Patel emphasizing that the value of South Africa's electric vehicle market will be realized only if our national energy mix uh, seriously accelerates our renewable energy capacity. And I think the question is, um, you know, uh, issues around sustainability and are we able able to achieve this so we have the white paper that's now out but how do we go from paper to practicality to help us navigate this particular uh, particular conversation we joined by creative director at africa nobuhle uh, luazi Ma-ngele. luazi very good morning thanks very much again for your time this morning <clears throat> sorry how, how are you doing man? fantastic how are you doing i'm great i'm great i'm good good great. to be here great so of course i think you know, I always look forward to your insights because I think there's education more than anything. But for those that may not really be too familiar about the subject matter, let's start with a bit of context as to how do we get uh, to this particular point in time where the white paper is now out and seemingly we're moving towards this era of uh, South Africa uh, realizing, I think, perhaps what many could uh, you know, uh, describe as a dream of these electric vehicles. Okay, but great to start with that uh, because I think it's so important to always give our people the background perspective. So what we're seeing happening now, South Africa uh, speeding up the process of the white paper discussions. White paper meaning um, it's concepts that are on the bill but on on paper they have not yet been put into production. It's almost like a business plan that is just waiting for funding. So the reason for this, it may seem sudden, it's because of the high demand of these products uh, by the export market. Now, people would know that South Africa's export market is is, is its highest mm. um, export in the world, it's the automotives. So with this high demand of these electric vehicles from European countries and the China countries, well, the Asian countries and the rest of the world, South Africa is one of the countries that... Um, manufacture some of these vehicles we are at the forefront 
of this export. It does not necessarily mean that our market is the market that is demanding as a consumer, mm. but we are the markets that are being demanded as um, uh, for, uh, as manufacturers and uh, assemblers. Mm. And what's also very important is because now it also means that the rest of Africa needs to take out their thinking caps in terms of um, we are going to be now selling. We need to meet the demand for these minerals. You're looking at your lithium mm-hmm. for the batteries and uh, resources for smart fuels. So hence, the continent has decided that we, governments need to come together. And whether if it was a roadmap, it now needs to start being, we need, to, we need discussions around what you're going to see in South Africa, for example. You're going to see stakeholders, your NAMSAs, your NACAMs, all the auto manufacturers, automobile manufacturers coming together your IPPs, your electricity distributors coming together and uh, drawing up frameworks that need to be passed by our government because we need to get into business. Mm. I guess the one question, and it sounds like a very exciting uh, project, and you speak about the roadmap, of course, looking at the various uh, phases, but the one question, given our current constraints in terms of um, energy and, and, you know, with us also, you know, uh, going the renewable route as well in terms of our just energy transition. Um, and you look at those sort of uh, constraints and challenges there currently that we're experiencing. One will then say, are we then able to achieve this goal of these electric vehicles? Because the understanding would be that it has to sort of be at equilibrium, if I could put it in that sense, that we have to have some form of capacity for us to realize this particular goal. Absolutely. What you're going to be seeing in South Africa is exactly what drives our politics and and why we tend to have the type of... um, there will be discussions that, that are happening in politics before the events happen mm. because the politicians tend to know where the money is going to be coming from. So a lot of um, private sector is going into the IPPs. I know, for example, with the just energy transition, companies like your Arcelo Metals, there's that $1.5 trillion that the government mm. has put out. Your Arcelo Metals are one of the first companies that are at the forefront of this. This is how... <clears throat> You're going to see, excuse me. You're gonna you're gonna see a lot of these big powerhouses coming in at the forefront uh, of uh, the, uh, the the electricity market in South Africa is mm-hmm. going to expand because now we're going to have uh, private companies that are part of the competition. It's no longer just going to be ESCOM. Automatically, that enters us into an expanded market for energy. This is happening. Uh, it may seem all of a sudden, but this is what's good about all is anticipating and i think south africa needs to be applauded by acting uh, quickly in terms of getting industries ready and putting the word out there all over the media that guys the era is here we might not be the ones who are consuming Mm. but we have an opportunity now to set up frameworks for how we're going to sell this infrastructure how we're going to expand the energy market as much as we are a country that is um uh, uh, needing consumable electricity. This brings an opportunity for us now to expand our electricity market mm. because more IPPs that are, uh, are going to be selling electricity and so forth, that can be absorbed by the communities as well. Mm. Uh, just not even mentioning, there's another whole value chain that comes with this manufacturing for electric vehicles. You're looking at battery market, you're looking at your charging stations, you're looking at rubber, plastic, and all the things that it takes to create things like your smart fuels, all the minerals it takes. So as a, as a continent, I say, this is when we need to uh, wake up 
and just open up our eyes into the opportunities mm. that come with um, with uh, these major exports. Mm. You earlier spoke about issues around demand for these electric vehicles, and I think many people get excited, but perhaps they're not in the know um, as just to the make um, around the concept. And once it actually gets to a practical level, how it would look like. So maybe let's discuss issues of pricing. Um, mm. You know, when we do get to that particular point in time, but also then stimulating uh, demand in our country for these uh, sort of vehicles. That's a very good question. So with regards to demand, the, the, this demand is coming from the, uh, the FDI, the foreign direct market, right? Mm. Uh, it's, it's, these are in high demand in countries, in, in, the, in your Asian countries and your European countries and American countries. So what that has done is now, as um, let me just tell you, the first place where costing starts is in the minerals department mm. with all the necessary minerals. So well, African countries need to draw up, a, I would say, a brand new framework for mineral expropriation in our continent because they need to set prices that are not going to be regulated by your, your Bretton Woods type of conferences. Mm. Hence, the, 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 you found that the COP28 took so long, they had to be sort of stops every now and then because the African delegations of leaders was not really there participating. So that's the first value point. Uh, you see South Africa might be involved a little bit in there as well. And then it moves on into manufacturing. This is where we start losing a bit of value because these minerals go, they go overseas. You know, it's a question I asked uh, the minister and I was happy to hear that South Africa is uh, adamant to see the it that we also start doing beneficiation. This is the transformation of the mineral into a finished product, right? Some industries you might have in, in Africa or in South Africa, and some we don't. Then there's your manufacturing, then there's your assembling. All of these different stages carry a value chain, and there's costs for either selling or buyer, right? Now, in South Africa, we're lucky because, like I said, our biggest export is that um, is, is, is the menu is the automobile moguls. Mm. So as we are now going to be also assembling and manufacturing the electric vehicles, it brings an opportunity to expand that market as well, right? And mm. there's things like this type of skills that are going to be necessary mm. and all sorts, yeah. In terms of participation, um, you know, to what extent um, are the various stakeholders going to be able to participate um, in sort of... Um, forming, you know, part of discussions and, and this roadmap going forward, because I'm also guessing that there's going to be a lot of a robust discussion that has to take place, because what I, what I also think about is, you know, the market as it currently stands, and if this will pose a, some form of competition, and how, in your perspective, do you think it will be received or viewed? I think the most important thing that I would urge leads of, of, of business to actually start getting actively involved in. Let's not leave everything to policy regulation from politicians only. Mm-hmm. It is a mammoth of a task that builds, either makes great nations or it destroys them. What business needs to do, which they did differently before, is they need to come into play in terms of the, the things like setting of regulatory pricing, mm-hmm. right? Things of setting regular or easing trade policies that are for or that could be against us in the next couple of years. Looking at our tax margins and all of those type of things in terms of how we are going to be selling or trading with these minerals and uh, with these uh, type of products that uh, are coming from 
the, the, the electricity market, mm. well, the electric mm. vehicle market. What we also need to understand, the first 10 years, we're not going to be the ones who are buying these the most. However, prices are expected to drop. These vehicles, when they come out, they, they're costing anything. You're looking at uh, 30 to 50% more than the, than the average car. Then certain costs will drop, like your maybe your fuel because of smart fuels. The price of petrol drops. On our side, we we get to benefit because we're still going to be using mm. petrol cars for a much longer period. So these are the other balances that we need to look at. That we are going to be benefiting. We're not the ones that are necessarily buying these cars. Maybe your fleet or freight uh, businesses where they save on uh, fuel cost. Mm. But for the average consumer, it is an opportunity to get into subjects like data analytics, your tech, and all of that for the young people. You know, it's time to expand and innovate and, and, and work in cooperatives that are part of the value chain for what these, um, these electric vehicles are going to require. Mm. It sounds really exciting, um, and I think I'm really glad that you highlight the the role of of the various uh, stakeholders. But I also guess um, it will also have some form of reflection into our contribution, uh, you know, um, and becoming a part of the global shift from internal combustion engine vehicles uh, to these new technology vehicles, um, and also you know contributing in terms of issues of emissions uh, and moving in that particular direct uh, direction. So how important is that particular aspect um, in, in your view? It is one that is extremely important because it is multidimensional in the mm. sense that in the sense that we see it now in, at the time that we live in, in Africa. Africa still needs to, and I always say this, Africa still requires itself to either burn more coal for our communities to for export reasons. We still need to use more petrol cars because most of Africa is not even lit. We don't even have access to this electricity. Mm. So we still need to uh, use all these things that would have been so-called were bad for the earth. What needs to happen from the other direction, your Western countries and the, the, these countries that are now on the other side of the bridge, they need to also hold our hands to it because we waited for them. And let's not, we don't have to explain what happened in the past. We've seen an exchange where Africa has an opportunity this time to draw a new financial framework for itself so that we do not get exploited. You know, where a no is a no, you know, where we stand up and we say, this is how much we're selling these minerals to you guys for if we're not going to be beneficiating. But also, most importantly, invest in the education. Mm. You know, it's sad that we're still not able to remanufacture. We are only, Africa only makes um, 3% is involved. 3% of the rest of Africa is involved mm. in the automotive trade. And, and only 1% of that is, 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 is making money. You know, where is the, the economic, uh, what you call it, symbol that says, what is your economic participation on a global scale? It's 1%. Right? We can change that. Those are the current numbers. This new opportunity where there's a demand for our resource so that the rest of the world can provide or contribute to a greener earth, it is our opportunity to set proper businesses within the energy industries and the value chain that are going to last us forever, that we're not going to find ourselves paying back exuberant costs for manufactured goods. Mm. This is an opportunity for us to study how do we manufacture, how do we do, create smelters and beneficiation of minerals mm. into finished goods. That should be the new education for, for Africa for the next 50 to 100 years. Hmm. And I, I then guess, Lozi, the question becomes, 
you know, where to from here? I mean, if you could simplify the process and when are we going to see um, one of these electric vehicles? Uh, I mean, I saw somewhere a report saying um, we're looking at 2026. Is that a realistic goal? Or, or do you think that's uh, quite precise uh, just in terms of the time frame and the timeline? And what's the process looking like from now onwards? It's, it could be sooner because we do have established international auto manufacturer, automobile manufacturers in South Africa, like your VW, your Mercedes-Benz. We already manufacture freight vehicles, um, big trucks, and they are also at the forefront of electric vehicles. What's happening currently is that the whole uh, concept is now being moved from it being just white paper and all the industry stakeholders for a certain period of time from now on, they are delegating and setting up the financial framework, for example, mm. operations framework, the, the new bill, and all of these things. And as soon as that's done, it now moves into production. With South Africa's case, because we are world-class in terms of uh, manufacturing uh, vehicles, I don't see us going all the way to 2026. It could start happening. You could, you're already seeing some infrastructure mm. uh, being built in South Africa already when you're richer cities and in your neighborhood. So it's about partnerships with private sector, depending. Mm. Uh, you're going to see some big players coming into um, the, the, the whole scene with the IPP. It's, it's, it's a great space, man, actually, mm. for business, for South Africans, especially for black South Africans to work in cooperatives. Let's work in numbers and let the government disseminate. And part of what they've done, taking out information early with regards to electric vehicles. There's a mm. big buzz. You know, everybody wants to know what's up. So people should be motivated in understanding value chain in terms mm. of what opportunities are there. Lozzy, I want to keep you just quickly uh, on the line. We've got a caller here, uh, Sammy from Dobsonville, um, wanting to weigh in on this particular conversation. Sammy, good morning. Welcome to the show. Go ahead. Good morning, Gossi Corner. You know, let's talk about this whole thing of electric cars. You know, with mm. manufacturing, I understand that the manufacturing is going to be done by overseas country companies like Toyota, Volkswagen, and so on. And they will need like incentives from government in order to set up build all this infrastructure. Mm. That's a given one. But when it comes to the adoption, adoption to electric cars, there's just whole, a whole lot of history, history that's been made about it. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's look at the facts. When it comes to adopting to electric cars, African countries will take me, uh, uh, like African countries being, being the electric car market. It will take maybe for the next 50 years. Let's look at the statistics. USA is standing at 15%. This is, this is the second largest electric. I think the third largest because USA is standing at 15%. European Union is standing at something like 38%. The largest market of electric cars is China. So now you look at the first thing. Electric cars are expensive. Initial costs are expensive, but the maintenance costs are lower. The cheapest electric car that's ever been built is the Model S Tesla. And when it, when it came in, the price was $50,000. You do the math, that's over 900,000 rands. So when it comes to, to, to African countries, we are, we, are, we are far, we are far. In order for us to adopt electric cars to at least be maybe to reach up to at least 20% 
of the market of African car market to be of, of electric cars. We are mm. we are far behind. We're gonna need another fifty years. So the whole thing is just saying no, no. African countries will be in South Africa. There will be electric cars in the next ten years, like Ibrahim Patel said. That is just a dream. Mm. It, it, it's African countries are poor. We have poor economies. We've got poor everything. For us to adopt electric cars and even the infrastructure, because even in the United States, if you get the charging infrastructure, it's mostly being set up by Electrify America, which is a VW initiative. Mm. So for us to adopt electric cars, let's stop fooling ourselves and move at the pace that's suitable to, to, to who we are. Mm. Because even for store countries, USA, USA is still near 15% is electric cars. Mm. So for us, no, let's just yeah. stop. Yeah. You know, making mm. making all this hysteria. Mm. So, so you're saying, Sammy, we can get there, but we must go at at at, at our pace. Let's yes, let's mm. let's accept let's accept something as African countries, right? You cannot take take festival uh, models and want to implement them in a, in a federal country. That is not possible. That is not possible for mm. us to adopt electric cars. It will take it will it will take half a century. Okay. That is that that is just the fact. That's based on statistics. I'm not making this up. Okay. You can check it yourself. Who is the leading electric car market in the world? You okay. can check where USA stands in the in the in the, mm. in the electric car, when it comes to electric market. That's okay. the that's the number one economy in the world. Okay. It is it's at 15%. All right. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, just, what do you make yeah. of African countries? Mm, mm. I, hear, I hear what you're saying, and I've noted your point. Just stay on the line, because we've also got um, a differing view uh, from Jerry in Letabile. And, uh, Loise, I'll come back to you now for your insights. Uh, Jerry, good morning. All right, I'm just going to pick up. Jerry, can you hear me? Go ahead. Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, That's right. loud and clear, my brother. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, let, let me disagree with the previous caller that uh, mm. we are actually lacking behind. What is lacking behind is the policy. Mm. The manufacturers are already advanced. Let me just mention that, uh, as you know, that we have got BMW in South Africa. BMW currently is, is actually manufacturing hybrid car or hybrid system car. Uh, mm. So, also, when we talk about the VW, the statement that was uh, posted out, it was the government to fast track their policies. And we've got dump trucks in the mines. It has been uh, said, actually reported a couple of months ago, that the biggest uh, dump trucks are actually using hydrogen. Mm. So, remember, these cars that we have in the country, they are owned by the Germans, those who are advanced in terms of uh, technology. So it's not like uh, we are lacking behind or there's no progress. There's progress in South Africa. The problem that we have is the policy certainty. That is where we have a problem, but uh, we are not backwards. South mm. Africa already, we are producing hybrid systems, the components that work for one of the components. Mm. Actually, the harnesses has already been produced for hybrid car system. And remember, South Africa is not only building for African uh, countries is also exporting. We are exporting. We are building for European countries. BMW that we see, the the recent the coming actually the coming one mm. 
uh, it is a G45 X-Tray. Mm. It's a hybrid system. It's a hybrid car. So we are not lagging behind the government in terms of their policy. They only keep behind. But the skills mm. is here. The problem is that we are not actually introducing uh, the skill uh, in, the right, in the right way. Like we don't give people recognition and acknowledgement uh, of uh, certificate of competency for for building these cars, for manufacturing these uh, automotive uh, uh, mm. systems. We are not giving our people a certificate or upskilling, but the skill is there. The problem is recognition. So we're not, we are not backward, my brother. Mm. We are advanced in terms of uh, uh, going with the world, yeah. uh, in terms of uh, the electrical. Uh, I remember during the government of Tavampiki, there was a guy who built, who produced electrical engineered car mm. in South Africa during uh, the Mbeki regime. So unfortunately, the government is saying that they are very slow. It was not actually put into use and implemented. But you are not backward at all. Yeah. Thanks, my bro. Thanks very much, uh, Jerry. Um, thank you very much. And I really uh, make appreciation for your insights. Uh, I've got Sammy still on the line. Sammy, perhaps we'll just give you 30 seconds uh, to make one final submission and then we'll wrap up the conversation uh, with Loazi in a short while. You can go ahead, Sammy. Jerry's confused. He's talking about police. He's talking about the cap- the, the carpenter is working for an hydrogen. I'm talking about the consumer market. Mm. The consumer market, the South African consumer market, in order to adjust to the cars, it will take it will take ages. As I'm saying, the mm. American, the, the the United States consumer market when it comes to electric cars is standing at 15 percent, and this is the first world country. This is the number one group. So what is Jerry talking about? Yeah, Jerry's, Jerry's making political statements. I'm not making political statements. I'm talking about. I'm talking facts. I'm talking figures that's been quoted by uh, Washington Times, CNBC. You name it. Okay. What I'm saying is people yeah. facts. So it's not political statements like Jerry's making right now. Okay, you, hang tight for me, Loazi. Uh, uh, two interesting, uh, differing uh, perspectives uh, from two of our callers. What do you make? No, those are both brilliant um, uh, perspectives. Uh, the, the the gentleman who is on the line currently, he is speaking about the current state and the historical state of the continent, mm. which is something uh, black people across the world will tell you where they are currently, what is happening and what's keeping us there. It's very good to understand and accept where we have come short as a continent. Mm. However, the other gentleman was speaking, speaking in terms of advancements that have been made and the future. What's being discussed with the white paper and moving on to the, where we are going, it's very future-based. And we were very clear, uh, the minister was very clear that uh, we are not speaking about South Africa's consumer market. Mm. We are speaking about South Africa's number one export market, which is, it's number one in Africa. It is the export of automotives. We make cars for the European market, which are European brands. Yeah. So we are looking at that. There, are, there is a high demand. Like he rightfully says, China is the biggest uh, buyer of these. They want them from us. We've got yeah. the minerals in Africa. And we are saying, moving forward, no need to speak about currently and saying Africans are poor, they will be poor. Those are facts. Those are things that happened in the past. We are drawing a way to move forward, whether it takes us 50 years. These policies that we are writing 
are for the next 50 years, like he says. The next 50 to 100 years for Africans is going to be a different story. Mm. It is already happening, and he needs to check that so that he's not stuck in the now. It's dangerous to be stuck in the now, and it's good to know your history, but we are planning a way forward. And um, he must talk to me next year, and we'll see about the 50 years that he thinks it's going to take Africans to absorb the market. We are doing very, very well globally. I think the Loisi, this is certainly one to uh, look out for and uh, keep monitoring uh, this particular development. Uh, it sounds very exciting and one can hope that it will have uh, really good benefits for us and will be, um, you know, at the front and not at the back uh, where this particular uh, innovation is concerned. Thanks very much for your time. As always, really, really appreciate your insights. Because, Connor, it's a wonderful, wonderful topic and I know it's a developing story. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot to all the contributors as well today. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.